What's up, Kelly Pavlik, man? How you doing, brother? Good. What's going on with you, man? Chilling, bro. Great to see you, man. Fresh off a flight from the Triller Show, which I cannot <laughs> wait to pick your brain on about. But more importantly, your boxing career. Brother, like your pressure fighting, the way you cornered people, the way you trap them on the ropes. I want to take a dive into that when you're ready. But first off, man, how's life been treating you? Good, man. Uh, I'm dragging ass. Did you get a contact high there at the Triller event in Georgia? Because I think I got a contact high through my television. Yeah, no, you know what? Um, it it looked fun. I mean, everybody there was uh, was having fun. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't. So we had to stay up in the, in the loge, you know what I mean? And, and again, they didn't let you go nowhere. You couldn't walk down. You couldn't go. You, you couldn't go down to the floor at all. Uh, especially if you weren't credentialed for it. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I heard and seen a lot of the rumors about, you know, the people getting interviewed and everything else. So kind of heard about it. It's entertainment. It's fun. I had a great time with it. I'm like, you know, they might actually change the whole way that, you know, boxing is broadcasted because when you start hearing like Al Bernstein doing shots and all this type of stuff, I'm like, wait, this is excellent. Like, this is cool. Like, you know, I was all for it. What a great event, man. And speaking of great events, you've been a part of many. Um, again, I mentioned the way you would trap your opponents in the corner, the way you fought was very unique. Everything about your style was very unique. Um, you had me at hello when you came out to corn. Okay, I'm a big music fan. Uh, yeah. And let me ask you about music. What, what's your favorite type of music, man? Um, so I am kind of like both. I'm a, I'm a rocker, um, you know, and, and uh, one of the young kids, Virgil Ortiz Jr., who fights, he's a big rocker. We actually, his favorite band and my favorite band is, is Avenged Sevenfold. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. Yep. Um, That's my wife's actually, favorite I'm, band, I'm, yeah. I might be getting a, I might be getting an interview uh johnny christ how, how weird is this johnny christ is getting a number through a buddy in dallas and ends up sending me a message that he wants to have me on the show on his podcast so that's that's pretty uh badass dude but i was yeah, gonna say how badass is that oh it is like you know i would never expect that especially if they were a group and i got to meet them back in the day but, um, you know, they didn't really realize. And I guess they got into combat sports and everything. And, and Johnny's a, a big fight fan. So it just came through a little, you know, connections and whatnot. But, yeah, so I, I like that. Like, Corn, um, that's an interesting story how we picked Corn. But I, I was also a big um, rap guy, too. I was like the hardcore rap, too, though. I liked, you know, like the, the DMX and, and um you know, Wu-Tang, and then I liked, like, uh, Crucial Conflict from Chicago, and, of course, you had uh, the West Coast rap, and, and uh, so I was into that, too, you know, that, that was music that got me hype, and, and especially at the gym, but Corn uh, was funny because uh, when I was coming up, when you fought on ESPN, you only had, like, 50, you know, ESPN's not doing big shows like they do today, so when you came out, you only had, like, literally four minutes to get the, the fans going. Nobody's seen the music on, on the broadcast, you know, but you had to get the fans going. And uh, I'm kind of like a superstitious person. So we came out to a song. We had to find that song that really generated um, electricity in, in the building. And that, that was kind of it, Hair to Stay with Corn. So we, and then we, once we had that, we were knocking everybody out. We were like, well, it's called Hair to Stay. We like that. It gets people going. So we kept it. 
the ring walkout is the most important thing, I think, because it gets you amped, gets you in a mood, you know. And at the gym, too, like, if you're working out, I mean, my go-to is uh, still to this day the Rocky Four soundtrack, man. Like, that thing, Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out, gets you pumped. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, Hearts on fire. That video, though? I send that video to people for fun. If you ever seen it, go watch it, dude. It might be one of the coriest videos ever. But um, it's a great song. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing my own training montages. You know, I was training martial arts in California with a great martial artist, Adam McKinley, great guy. And I made, like, training montages of our trip, and you put the music to it. It makes it look better. Like, everything, like, I went back to, like, the old school, like, 80s, uh, early 90s, you know, vibe with that. But uh, hear, hear me out here, brother. I mean, your fight career has been amazing, okay? Um, you were knocking people out left and right, literally with left and rights. Um, mm -hmm. your pressure style was so impactful. You were so great for television. Um, Edison Miranda, what a fight, you know, Jermaine Taylor twice. I, I would like to talk about that fight in a moment. Um, unified, you know, championships and became the lineal middleweight champion of the world. You were setting yep. the world on fire. And can I ask you about your style? What made you get all that passion? Cause you were kicking ass. You, you know, it just started coming. Um, Okay, so like amateurs, I was a, a hell of a boxer, um, slick, you know, I, and I started dropping people in the amateurs. But then um, even when I first turned pro, my early years of my pros, I mean, I was more of the in and out, moving and knocking people out. And I, and I actually think, and I know people disagree, I actually think the style that I ended up picking up, I probably, I don't, I don't know to say if, if, if it held me back from potential or if it, got me to where I got, but, um, cause I had the power no matter what, but, um, I think, you know, going into the Miranda fight, we really kind of just, the, the whole game plan for that fight was the back Edison Miranda. People don't remember, remember this, but Edison Miranda was a beast. I mean, he, he was, he hit harder and guys like triple G of course, after I, after I ran through him, you know, he didn't have the same credit, <clears throat> but Miranda, Miranda was a bad dude. Um, and uh, that was a big fight. You know, I was one of the bigger ones. Nobody gave me a chance in that fight. But we knew that the, the best way that Edison Miranda fought was bullying you and throwing a big loop in his hard shots. So we're like, if he's fighting, if he's on his back foot, he's not going to carry the same power. And, and uh, that was our goal in that fight, just to back him up and show, show him that, you know, I, I'm the big guy. I'm the power puncher and I'm in great shape. Well, that's why I mentioned about how you back people up. Uh, that was one of your trademark things, which is a great style. And you got people in the corner. You got them against the ropes. You have power. You also mentioned your uh, amateur career in which, you know, you won a Golden Gloves, which is not easy. A lot of people, like, yeah. overlook <clears throat> Golden Gloves tournaments. That's not an easy win, man. Like, it's not like you just get to the Golden Gloves. There's silver gloves. There's other other things. And I fought amateur, so I know a little bit about the circuit. Um, and – Obviously, coming from Youngstown, Ohio, uh, you had some great training out there. You're very loyal and dedicated to your gym, you know, Southside Boxing. Um, yeah, which absolutely. is Which is excellent because you stay into your roots. And I think that's a foundation for every good fighter to be grounded, man. Um, you know, your trainers were excellent. Uh, you always fought your ass off, you know. And that's the thing I want to ask you the next question about is – where does that power come from? Do you train for that or is that natural? Like, how does that, because you would turn the lights out on people instamatically. You know what, man? It, it came actually like overnight. Um, 
I guess the best way I want to put it is hit maturity. Um, so when I was 15, 16, I was in and I was boxing people. And then at 15, 16, I was still out boxing people, but I was really starting to whack them out of nowhere. And um, I, the saying is you either got it in the cradle or you don't. Okay. You're, you're, I, I think with all the, the advanced training today and technology, I, I think personally that, yeah, I could turn somebody into a power puncher. I work with people now and I, I do strength and training because it's all the leverage, the whip, you know, the, the torque. Um, and that's where it comes from, but it's really a pain in the ass process. And especially if you get somebody who's already pro and they want to be a power puncher, you got to break them all the way down from the beginning again, you know, it's motor reflex and, and, uh, it's hard. So yeah, it, it does come, I mean, naturally. And then that's where, and it, I was fortunate. It came for me. I mean, I just started whacking people. So that's why I asked a question. It was amazing when you did it in some fights where, you know, you were going through a firefight and the next thing you know, you just have the neutralizer and let's face facts. The other opponent was fucked. Like yeah. <laughs> you, just, you caught Pretty him much. so hard and it was like, Oh my God. Cause that's natural power. That's like that ridiculous. Yeah. And, the, and even the ones that I didn't drop them or knock them out. I mean, it was, you know, just a, accumulation of getting hit with them shots you know they were just done game changer people don't realize this and, they, and a lot of a lot of people that don't fight they don't realize that like that shit hurts okay and i even yes. fought guys sometimes where i was like damn after a little bit you know obviously i got through it and um you carry that shit <clears throat> so when you get hit like that you know a after eight rounds people don't want to get hit with that shit no more no, it builds up, you know, like George Foreman used to always say on HBO broadcast, it's like money in the bank, you know, especially to the body shots. Um, if you don't mind me asking, who was the hardest and toughest opponent you've ever faced? Oh, man, you got to go. I mean, you had Sergio and, and obviously Bernard Hopkins. Them guys were very, very good. Um, Jermaine Taylor was a fantastic fighter. Yes. Jermaine did what he did. He beat Bernard twice. Um so I'd have to say it, it's hard in there. Um, Sergio was a little different with his style, and I felt like I caught on to his really quickly. Um, I was actually up going into the ninth round, after the ninth round, and, um, you know, not to make no excuses, so I don't want anybody thinking I am, but I just hit a wall. You know, everybody blames it on a cut. It wasn't the cut. It was I think it was uh, the weight drain, but that's not taking anything away from Sergio Martinez. I mean, the dude is – Phenomenal, and and Bernard again was not my night, but but Bernard could fight. You had I mean, to put ten pounds on for that fight for Bernard. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't think that had anything to do. I just think you know Bernard. Um, it was his night, wasn't my night, and he came out. And Bernard, I tell I tell everybody this: Bernard got the most underrated footwork. A lot, a lot of people with the best footwork are the most underrated. Guys like Mikey Garcia, um, Bernard Hopkins. These type guys make the right moves at the right time to to frustrate you, to suffocate your punches, to throw you off, and that's all footwork, you know. And um, Bernard was uh, was amazing at that. So, but yeah, yeah. So those guys were all hard. Jermaine Jermaine was just a brute athlete. Um, you know, we got to throw Moran in there because of his power, but uh, Jermaine could fight. You know, Jermaine was uh, fast, had had a great jab, and just knew how to work. One thing I love about your career, man, uh, is that you fought everybody that was out there you had no hesitation and we need that more in the sport of boxing nowadays man and you know you mentioned hopkins footwork 
I mean, look what he did against Trinidad. You know, he was all over after the sixth round. Like, he was just moving him around, maneuvering him, you know. And I'm a student of the game. I like to study footage. And that's exactly correct. Boxing is more in the legs sometimes than it is up top. And that's what I always tell people is foot positioning. So, I'm like, let's get some uh, revealed secrets here. So, when you throw that beautiful right hand that you have, all right, you said hips. And yeah. what else? What else happens? Because I know something else is going on over there. <laughs> well, that, that's it. So you want to you want to make sure that you're generating. The, so you want to pivot on the on the back foot, um, not too far, but you you want to pivot enough. Um, yeah, and then you're you're coming. I mean, it's like if you played baseball, and you, and you swing from the right handed stance, or if you're a southpaw from the left handed stance, that's that's the same exact idea. I always tell some of the baseball players that are learning the box, I go. Put your hands up like you got a bat in your hand and swing the bat. Then I tell them, take your one hand down now and throw it as a punch. Um, that's huge. And then, of course, the snap, you know, at the end. So I always tell them, you know, tele- telephone or hammer. And then you're here. And then when you come through, and, you, and then once everything's turned, everything comes at the same time with that right hand over. And um, that's where you're going to generate most of the power. But a lot of people think they're moving their hips and are not. And again, it's not their fault. Some trainers don't pick up on it. Um, you know, they don't show what they're doing wrong they, or they just don't realize that the fighter is not because some kids, they look like they're turning their hips, but they're not. The reason why I bring this up is because you have an amazing podcast and you break down boxing. Unlike, you know, I love a lot of podcasts out there, but, you know, you and your co-pilot, uh, James Dominguez, you guys do a great job. Uh, what was the inception you, of wanting, of course, man, what was the inception of you wanting to uh, share your stories of boxing and break it down for a podcast? <clears throat> we were just sitting around one night. I was on the phone with him. And he, he gave me a call and we we're just talking about it. And I was kind of like, well, a lot of other people got him that really shouldn't be having him. <laughs> so um, same time, um, it was just cool. You know, it was like, all right, let me go on there, give my expertise. Um, and sometimes it don't matter to anybody, you know. They don't care if you're a three-time world champ or if you're Floyd Mayweather or who you are. You know, they're, they're going to argue their point. And, and sometimes that's cool. I like it. I used to go into a, a civil argument with them or a, deb- a d- debate. Uh, James sometimes took the road of, like, attacking them. And uh, <laughs> so I, I think that's what kind of, you know, made it made it good. Like, you know, I'm going to open mind, man. I'm going to book, like, I'm going to listen to somebody's opinion. If I disagree with it, I'm going to tell you, but it'll be a nice way where we could debate it. And it just became fun. And I think the format that we had, believe it or not, people love that format. I know for like the, the regular person that goes on and watches it, it looks like our heads are stuck in our phone and we're not, you know, paying attention to anything. And it looks a little tacky. But once people see that and they actually go to ask a question and we reply to it and answer it, I, I think people like that. And believe it or not, We've had some of the best guests on. We've had Crawford. We had uh, Mickey Ward. I mean, you name it, we had everybody on. And we actually lost viewers when we had people come on because the fans couldn't be heard or the listeners, they couldn't be heard or, or they couldn't dispute a, an opinion or a fight. And they don't like that. So I, 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 I honestly, I like the concept of it. The interaction's good. I mean, me being, you know, a podcast guy and stuff like that, it's like you're always trying to find antidotes and things that make things work. Um, you know, so the thing is, what we try to do is put a, a product out there that's fun and entertaining. And if you don't like it, guess what? 
you don't have to listen to yeah. it. Listeners. But, I, <laughs> but that's what's line. also great about it. Like, I think like people should come to yours, not just because I'm on now for this episode, but because you get different. It's all I always say it's good. You never stop learning. And of yes. course, everybody's in, in their own ways. And But you'll never know, like, if they come to a different podcast, they may hear that and, and it may it may like open up something else, you know, like, Oh shit. Well, I didn't think of that way. Um, and it's always fun to dispute. I mean, again, in, in a civil dispute, you know, when you got to start getting the name calling, usually, you know, somebody lost that, that argument. So it's, um, yeah, man, they're good. Keep doing what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, like, like I said, ours has been going, I mean, we've had it for three years now. I'm not, but you know, it's hard for me right now with everything that I got going to, to really put a lot of time into the podcast. It's just hard, um, but we still do it more so for for the the fans that we have, our our loyal listeners. You know what I mean? Well, the the loyal listeners definitely are picking up great boxing, you know, uh, content and and you know just an intelligent point of view from both of you guys. You know, if the points like you know have differences, you're still learning something. And like you said right there, Kelly, you hit the nail on the head. Is that you could talk things civilly, you know, civilized. And you could go out there and have a different perspective and learn something. Like, yeah. I learn things all the time. Dude, my wife, like, watches boxing with me now. Like, she's become a boxing fan and MMA and all this stuff. And I think it's wonderful. And she'll throw something out there that I didn't even see. I'm like, yeah, Woo, that's amazing, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of boxing, let's talk about this Triller card, bro. All right. I thought it was amazing. Uh, what, what was your experience like? being there and uh anything you got to offer about this event um i thought it, I, I truly thought it was cool um i know a lot of people didn't um there was a lot of people that worked there in, in the media that thought it was uh unorganized and again i've seen shows go off i mean it, it was a regular show um i thought i did think it was different you know um the the main event i, I didn't expect aspirin to look like that i mean i kind of i'm not saying i kind of was leaning towards Hold on one second. I got you, brother. I have, my my phone's getting ready to go. I'm at 20. I got time. Um, but I thought Aspirin would have done better than what he did. Um, but it, you know, for the most part, I, I think I think it was cool. I think it was different. I, you know what? And people want to talk about it and talk shit. But it, it was interesting, and it, and it got people to tune in. You know, like they want to talk about De La Hoya. Listen, De La Hoya is gonna go with his. 250 million dollars in his private plane and how he's not going to be butthurt by anybody talking shit about how he looked on the show you know l bernstein's l i mean he, he may have been having fun um you know and, and, and i think the show ran pretty good and you had great fights so like but but if it wasn't that there would have been something else I, I thought it was really entertaining watching on TV. I, I like the broadcast crew. Like you mentioned, De La Hoya, uh, Al Bernstein, Mario Lopez. Like they were having fun. And what's yeah. wrong with having fun, man? They were just doing their thing. Snoop was having fun. Like when you start seeing boxing commentators get loose and be like, oh, my God, that motherfucking right hand. You're like, yes. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, why not? Look, yeah. look, at the, look at the world we live in. The least of my worries is if someone says something on the mic. But I'm like, thank you. Thank you for being yeah. real. And thank you for being – they were just having fun. Yes, they were probably a little bit ripped. Okay, fine. You and know, I just but – you know, that, that brought to my attention um, – we did this thing. It was called – I think Joe Rogan was the first one to do it. And it was – I forget what it's called. Where you – we do a podcast, and we're actually commentating the fight. But 
we can't show the fight. Um, and, I, and I forget what it's called anyway. So, yeah, so we're sitting there. And then what you kind of do is you let the people talk you know, while they're watching the fight. And then we kind of do a commentating job. And it was kind of the same thing. I mean, we were, yeah, we weren't having like that fun like they were. But, you know, we were dropping the F-bomb. We were breaking down what we think people were doing wrong. And the listeners like that. You know, yeah, like they, they like that because it's it's different. It's not uh, straight. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Choreographed or, or scripted? You know, like stiff. It's, it's get, you're getting a roll. Not stiff. Yeah. yeah. So again, I, I don't know. I mean, some people I, I could see if they were like really, really belligerent. You know, and, and something like that. But I don't think they were. I, I thought it was actually pretty cool too. I, I thought they were having fun, man. And speaking of fun, you're in Vegas. Is that where you're living now? No, I'm still in Ohio, but um, again, you know, business back and forth and, and uh, awesome hustling, man. Just uh, staying busy and everything's going good. Where are you at in Vegas right now? I'm about 10 minutes from the strip. I'm in North Vegas. I'm actually, I'm at my partner's place that he's has out right now. And I'm not quite sure, but I, I could find <laughs> out. <laughs> I was in, you know, Sacramento training. I know, I know I'm kind of like by the, the stratosphere, man. So there you go. So you're like downtownish area. I, I was of, in yeah. Sacramento and and 60 miles north, and people are like asking me. I'm training like martial arts with some great people, and they're like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I in the woods. I have no idea. There's mountains and there's a lake, and we're we're just fighting all day." Yeah, I just got <laughs> here, so like I know, like you know, not, I'm very familiar. I just train out here all the time, but I'm I'm you know I know like Henderson and all that, but this was a little bit off the the way a little bit, so. I don't want to throw something out there where I'm I'm not. So, hey, I appreciate it, man. You came on like right off the plane from the Triller show. Um, a couple other questions I have before I let you go, if you don't mind. Um, outside, well, actually, you know what? Let's start with this. You said you've been doing a lot of hustling. Uh, what's the game nowadays, man? What are you doing? So I have the fitness gym in my hometown. Um, right now we're. We got the charitable organization going. I'm going to be doing a boxing gym through the charitable organization. But the COVID really put a hold on that. I mean, it really put a damper and all that. Um, and we're still trying to recoup to get everything moving forward. Um, and it's even hard getting the grants. You know, a lot of people were saying, like, right now is the time to get grants. But as for a boxing gym, so we brought in some other people that, that work with, like, counseling and stuff like that because I want this gym to be, you know, for the kids and, and have the best of everything. Um, so we got that. Um, I do the. We got a company right now. Why I'm out here is the sports testing, you know, and um, we do it throughout the, the country. And right now we got the AAU West Coast. Um, we're looking right now with the West and East Coast and the NFL youth flag football. So, I mean, we're we're really just hustling and bustling. I um, I got the boxing app that's out and it's going very well. And I was just down in Miami last month. Uh, the Sweet Science Plus. And actually, my partner in that is Billy Lau, who was a former uh, world title challenger. And he fought um, – he beat John Duddy, as a matter of fact. So, Billy's a Youngstown kid, and we put that together where we have a nutritional plan. We have a uh, shopping list. Um, and then you get the technique from me and Billy and uh, strength and conditioning workouts. So, just a whole bunch, man. It's, it's uh, nonstop. That's great. And I, I noticed that you've been working out a lot. Where are you at weight-wise right now, man? Well, I actually just started. I was getting a little too big, a little too uh, <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm actually dying. I started doing that intermittent dieting now. It's been a month and a half and went to working out. 
and I'm down like 17, 17 pounds. Congratulations, so, man. You look great. Yeah. You sound great. You're doing great things. And COVID is the time where I told everyone, you know, to try to be as creative as possible, keep a grip, and just, you know, go out there and do great creations and network with people and stuff like that. Outside of doing all that kind of stuff, what have you been doing to pass the time? Like TV shows, movies, like what are you into? Well, that's great. So when, when the quarantine was like really enforced um, about a year ago, I caught up on all the fucking TV shows that I've never seen. I've Game of Thrones been out forever, and I've watched all that. Um, Peaky Blinders, uh, Last Kingdom, uh, Breaking Bad, you name it, man. So that's what I was doing. And then and then it turned into um, YouTube and, like, not me being on YouTube, but uh, and doing, like, research. You know, I get into that, like, um, uh, healthy things, and especially since I started doing the dieting and all that, so... You know, I'm big with like David Sinclair and watching him and stuff like that and listening. So that's, that's about it, man. Nothing as far as I, I'm, I'm already out, like trying to trying to get back and, and be out there in the community. So during the quarantine, you know, it was hard. So I, I tried to find certain things to do to keep me occupied. But um, the kids, my kids, you know, kept me pretty busy too. They like they were they were getting bored, and I felt so bad. You know, oh, they're, they're kids; they want to be out. So we would always try to find something to do. How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter will be 15 next month, and my son just turned 12 and at the end of uh, February. Yeah, my stepdaughter just turned 12, and I could tell she was having a rough patch of it, you know, like uh, the online schooling, things of that nature. And we just try to do things to get out and, and you know, get these kids moving around because they're they're like they're not able to do, like, the sports and the things that, you know, they're supposed they're getting removed of things that they're supposed to be able to do um yeah. you know and so we try to keep her like active i'm like you want to go play golf with me even though i suck yeah you know? right <laughs> oh dude you golf it's it's the word it's horrible i can't yeah. oh i do are I, you are uh, you good i'm not saying you suck i was saying you know, no i suck at golf, golf. but I, i've been doing it for 21 years now and yeah i mean it's uh it's frustrating as hell i, I wouldn't go I would not go up to one person that says they golf and be like, no, I'll play you for $30. That's how bad I am. After 21 years. Yeah. So now better. I feel better. <laughs> I mean, I can hit the ball. I can hit it. Um, but yeah, like I really actually this year, it came to a point where I said, you know what? I've been doing this 21 years and I got to set my ego aside. Let me go get some work and help with it. And and I, I'm still thinking of doing it as soon as I get the time. Um I do want to get a couple lessons, just something yeah. to – I'm not looking to go out there and shoot a 40 every round, okay? But I just I just don't want to be that guy that hits three nice balls and then the rest of the, the golf outing, I'm in, I'm in the woods. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something, man. Every time I'm on the golf course, someone comes up to me, and they're nice about it, but it's like the old school, like, golfer guy. He must be in his, like, 60s or 70s, been golfing his whole life. He's like – you know everything you're doing is wrong. You mentioned before about baseball and boxing. So I'm out yeah. there. I'm, like, loading up like Barry Bonds. I got my left foot up, put all the way <laughs> on the back foot, and crack. You know, and they're like, hey, uh, that was nice, but that's not the way to do it. I'm like, yeah. Oh, know. yeah. But Yeah, my technique, uh, yeah, it's hard, man. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely, man. One last question before I let you go. And by the way, amazing career again. 40 and two with 34 KOs, which is impressive. You fought everybody, you know, world champion, great guy, you know. Thank and you, I want to have everyone that hears, of course, man, I appreciate you being on. Um, 
and I want everyone to hear in a moment how they can follow every amazing thing that you're doing because you're always involved in great stuff. But tattoos, you got some crazy tattoos that um, were definitely significant to the trademark Kelly Pavlik. You know, you mm -hmm. came out with your music and the tats. Um, when did you start getting tatted up? And do you have a specific artist that you go to? Yeah, a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, everybody, well, yeah, towards the end, started getting tatted up. Um, but I, I started getting them throughout the career. And nobody's specific. And I do got some that I'm kind of like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have got that one. But, um, you know, no, nobody's specific. In Youngstown, there's, there's um, a place called Artistic Demographic. And uh, bare knuckle, and those are two um, one of the top ones in the area. But I had a buddy that would also do them that was pretty good at it. So um, you know, once we started getting them, it was kind of like just trying to figure out where I wanted because I really wanted them. And usually, if I would listen to the tattoo artist, it would came out a little better. But I like them. You know, a lot of them have, uh, you know, they, they, there's something to me. So. Yeah, they're addictive, and then, uh, you know, sometimes you get those regretful ones that I've had to cover up in the past. You know, it's like, oh, why did I do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's the process because it's addiction. It's like you get into it, and then it's like, ah, oh, man, maybe it's too much, and then you start something, and you don't finish it, and you're like, I got to finish it now, and then – Or if you don't get it right now at that exact moment, exactly. you're probably going to go back to get that or – yeah, I hear that. You're just going to leave it alone. Like, I have yep. a bonsai tree someplace, and I was like, ah, yeah, I, I got to get it colored in. Yeah, that was in 2008. <laughs> I still have not got it colored in yet, you know. Uh, but That's right, because you know what? Maybe maybe one day, shortly, you're going to come up with something. You're like, you know what? Fucking bingo. That's what I'm going to do with this That's right now. That's it. Fucking bingo. Yeah. Do it all in one day. I'm like, I want, because I've done that before. I want this here and that there. And you kind of just like go crazy, you know? And uh, Absolutely. it's fun though. It's very addictive. Um, it's a great process. Like you, when you walk in the tattoo parlor and it's like, you, you get excited, you know, you, your adrenaline pumps up. And what was the most painful tattoo that you had gotten? Oh, I got one I call my champ stamp. Um, <laughs> it's on my lower back. That one was I think it was because of the material. They, they use that ink that, like, grows under a black light or, you know, it was pretty cool. And it was actually from the Avenged album because I loved the, the picture. And it was uh, the last call one on the Nightmare album. And then uh, the, I got one with the Coliseum, the Roman Coliseum, on my side here. And it went all the way up from my shoulder to my uh, waist. And I got that all in one day because I said if they didn't finish, I wasn't coming back. That hurt that bad. And Jesus. I had to, you know, I had on the left side, I was covered up pretty good. And it wasn't as bad for some reason, but it was that, you know, up here on the chest was tender. And uh, but they finished and, and I, I gave them extra tip for that. But it was pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of times they won't let you sit in a chair for a big piece for a long period of time, you know. Um, yeah. My wife had her foot done and that was excruciating pain. I, that I would think, but she's like walking out like it's nothing. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I, I just cramped her foot. I stub a toe and I'm a mess. Like she just got like a full on foot tat. You know, the hardest one I had is is behind the arm. Um, it's weird back there. Very like, you get like traveling pain, like nerves. Oh yeah, it's a little sensitive too because it's that very you know, sensitive. Yeah. Yep. Abs absolutely man but i tell you what brother i appreciate your time so much i'm gonna let you get to your day and evening enjoy las vegas do you have any plans for vegas while you're out no, here man we're, we're here 
<laughs> we may run to, um, you know, go get some clothes stuff at, at the Adidas shop and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, man, it's unfortunate. Uh, not unfortunate, but we, we're set up with meetings, you know, throughout the week. So, hey, get it, brother. You're very deserving of every great thing that you're doing and, and uh, all the opportunities that you're getting because, you know, in this sport, there's, uh, you know, great people like yourself, like they do exist and, you know, that deserve great opportunities and they earn those opportunities, you know, um, where could fans and uh, listeners follow you for your pod, my pod, or just your, yourself in general? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on Instagram at pavlik.kelly. Um, I'm on uh, TikTok now at kelly.pavlik. And then Facebook, you know, you just put Kelly Pavlik in. And then the, the podcast, which we've been off for about a month now, but we'll, we'll yeah. pick them back up. Um, the Punchline with Kelly Pavlik and James Dominguez. And what's the easiest with that is just go to punchline.live and uh, it pulls up our past shows and you can subscribe to either Facebook or YouTube. So my stepdaughter is always doing, and I could never even get the name right. I call it Tiki Talkie. And she's like, no, it's TikTok. And so I, I walk in the room and she's like in the kitchen or whatever. And she's just like doing some crazy shit. I'm like, are you okay? What are you doing? She's like, I'm making mm -hmm. a TikTok. I'm like, okay. You know, and everyone's like, Johnny, you got to get on TikTok, brother. You know, so I, maybe some point. But Kelly, I appreciate you so much, man. You know, best wishes for you and yours, your family, everybody, your friends. Stay safe and please stay in touch. The show will be up on iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, everywhere. I'll send you links in uh, oh, very awesome. soon. Yeah, please do, man. I appreciate. I hope you had a great time, brother. This was a blast. Oh, it was, dude. Thank you, man. Good time. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. Thank All you, right. man. Yep. Talk Thanks, to you soon, brother. brother.